verse 1, we want to know, you brothers, about the grace of the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. In Rome, they looked at these other churches and they realized these other churches were doing some things. Verse 2, it says, For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty has overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Well, that makes more sense. He says, These people were extremely poor, but they overflowed in their wealth when they were generous. Now watch this, verse 3, it says, For they gave according to the means... And as I testify beyond their means of their own accord, verse 4, begging us earnestly for favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, verse 6, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. Verse 7 is huge. If you're underlining things in your Bible, verse 7 is massive. He says, but as you excel in everything. Now watch this. As you take what you know, church, in your head. The knowledge which you have. And as you excel in what you know, when you put that into action. In faith, in speech, in knowledge, and all earnestness, and in your love for you. See that you excel in this act of grace also. Paul says, see that you excel in giving what God has first and foremost given to you. Now watch this. Verse 8 is huge as well. I say this not as a command, okay? But to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. In other words, Paul says you have a choice to go beyond when you give what God has first and foremost given given to you verse 9 he wraps it up and he says for you know that the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich he became what church god is the greatest giver by giving us his son jesus looks at us i'm going to give you the free gift of the spirit who can dwell within you and you get to use this as a foundation to move in your giving Now, in the New Testament churches, the churches would give sacrificially for a couple of reasons. When we look at these reasons, the attitude is important. Because watch how the New Testament churches gave. First and foremost, they see that giving helped them to get to know who God was. You may be sitting here in this congregation, and you may be saying, Jordan, I don't know God. Like every time I've tried to study my Bible or every time I've tried to get in the Word, I just don't get it. I don't understand Him. He doesn't understand me. I feel like there's so much distance between us. Could it be that we're in the process of obtaining knowledge and not pushing application? Because these people in the New Testament church were the start of the New Testament church. They had no other churches to look at except for those that were excelling. And they said, why are these people picking up speed? They picked up speed because they were givers. And they were putting application behind what they knew. And as they put application, as they put feet to what was in their head, it helped them get to know who God was. Why? Because He came real to them 
in a very tangible, physical way. What they knew in their head became a reality, a physical, tangible reality. Philippians chapter 4, we see that they had a decline in what they materially owned. They understood that what they personally possessed or what God had personally given would decline for a season. But in that season, well, what they materially owned was declining. Their spiritual life was increasing. As Paul says, in their poverty, they saw the ability, while they were becoming poor, to make somebody else rich. Now, regardless of personal loss, they understood that God's grace would always be sufficient enough to take their weakness and to show His true power. They gave so they got to know who God was. They gave money, they gave possessions, they gave time, they gave resources. They said, when we do these things, we get to know who God is in a very real way. And it spilled over. How did it spill over? Because as they gave, they were also, excuse me, increasing in their godly trust. See, I'm going to give to the Lord to get to know God, which is going to increase my trust in Him. How do we know that? Well, when I give, I don't know how you feel about this, but when I personally feel a nudging from the Spirit to give something away, there's something inside of me that says, this is either A, going to hurt a little bit, okay? Or B, what's this going to do? This is going to cause me to decline a little bit. And so, when these churches gave, it increased their trust. Now watch this. In Philippians it says, they claimed that it was a privilege to share what they had. Even though there was a decline in what they personally owned or materially possessed, they looked at it and they said, this is a privilege because it increases my faith in God. It increases my faith in Him. Now, the two things that I hear constantly from our congregation is that, one, I don't know God, and two, I don't trust God. Maybe we don't know God, and maybe we don't trust God because we don't let God have control of what we own and what we possess. Maybe that's why, as a congregation, we look at God and we say, I don't know if I can really put my faith in you. And he's like, you probably can't because you're too busy placing your faith in something else that is not eternal. And so these people, as Paul said, he said, I'm going to give you the opportunity, Malachi 3, to trust God, to test and see if the Lord is good. Now watch this. This also was seen as a spiritual gift by all the people. They said everybody has this inside of them. Everybody has something within themselves that has the ability to give, no matter what they possess. They saw it as a spiritual gift possessed by all believers. In writing Romans, Paul mentioned the gift. It was God-given by stating, contributing to the needs of others was an ability to do something sacrificially coming out of an internal devotion to the Lord. Now watch this, church. This is huge for us. Because when we come to know Jesus, placing our trust and our faith in Christ... He gives us all abilities. One would be the ability to give. Two would be the ability to worship in all means. And three would be the opportunity to be a part of his church. 
Some people look at me and they say, I don't want to go to church. I don't understand the importance of church. I said, if you don't want to go to church, then you've missed the opportunity that God gives us to be a part of a family who has many parts. We're like a crazy Thanksgiving table, right? Everybody's there. Uncle Ted, who's a little off. Aunt Marge, who's, you know, she just doesn't hear real well. But somehow when we gather around this table, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Because we look at somebody else's shortcomings, especially in giving. We have the opportunity to make ourselves poor so that they can become rich. David Livingston once said, he said, I place no value on anything I have or that I possess, except in relation to the kingdom of God. If If anything will advance the interests of the kingdom, it shall be given away or kept only as by giving or keeping it, I shall most promote the glory of him to whom I owe all of my hopes in time and eternity. He essentially says, hey, listen, if we want to be generous givers, we have the ability from Christ to excel in this giving. I experienced this this week in my home. I'm not sure uh, if you guys know, but um, my daughter, Gianna, she's about eight months old. She likes to cry at night. It's awful, okay? And so a couple of people from the church caught wind that she cries a lot. Okay, and we haven't probably slept as a family in, um, I think, five months was the last time we slept through the night. Because she just gets up and she just would scream and we do what normal people do, right? We turn the fan on and we shut doors (laughs) and we lay in our bed and we put headphones on and then headphones on over that. And we turn music up in our ears. I mean, it's just horrible. It was it was it was awful. A couple of people from the church caught wind of this, and they're like, hey, we would like to come to your house and pray over your house. And I'm, I don't know if you realize this, but I'm the pastor of the church. You can't pray for me, okay? And so I was like, oh, well, I guess, yeah. Like, as, I, as if I haven't been doing this on my own, right? So uh, they were like, well, we'd like to come over, and we'd like to pray for you. Now, watch this. They gave their time. Because we're like, why don't you come over when the kids are in bed and, and you could come and, and pray for us. And they're like, okay. So we looked at this and I, I see all these people sitting in my living room giving their time. Sacrificially, right? Because they have other things to do. Now watch this. We eliminate ourselves and the spirit of, man, I have to be tough and I have to carry all this weight and carry all this burden on my own is lifted as people start praying. And we realize that there's a very awesome thing that happens in this moment. Because we realize that the church is a family who takes care of other family members, whether that be contributing financially, whether that be contributing with their time, with their prayers, with their spiritual gifts, with whatever God has given to them. Now let me just celebrate one thing. When they left, she slept from like 9 o'clock till 7 in the morning. Okay, And uh, I told them they can come back because I have more prayer requests. (laughs) So when we look at this, we realize that God looks at us and he says, Listen, you New Testament church, you have the ability to go above and beyond what anybody else has experienced. You have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Don't put your uh, focus 
on that which is material or will fade away. Look at it in regards to an eternity. Now, consider these, some of these statistics. We have to be kind of careful with statistics, but these things kind of shock me a little bit. The average donation by adults who attend U.S. Protestant churches is about 17 bucks a week. And we look at this and we see that only about 3 to 5% of Americans would donate money or resources to the church. Now think of how awesome the church could be is if we were well-resourced. Why do I tell you that? Because I believe that Jesus was the greatest giver. He sets up this church, and we have to become more like him by re-examining our giving, our financial giving, the giving of our time, the giving of our spiritual gifts. Some of us sit in the congregation, and we know our gifts, and we know God is calling us to use them in the church. But we're too scared to ask because we see things and we go, I don't know if I could really do that. How do you know unless you try? We have to understand first and foremost that giving helps us get to know God, increases our trust and our faith in Him, and is a practice of spiritual gifts. Now watch this, second thing. God shows us, He says, I want you to be diligent with what I have given to you. And so therefore, number two, write this down. There's an advantage to budgeting. Now when I talk about budget, we're going to talk about money budget for a second, but there's also an ability to budget your time, okay? If we're going to be sacrificial givers with everything God has given to us or entrusted in our care, we have to be disciplined and we have to budget and make sure that we know where all of this time and resources are going. Cruise over a little bit to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, just a chapter over. I promise you I'm in 2 Corinthians. He says, As it is written, He distributed freely, He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures what? Forever. His righteousness endures what? Forever. It's an eternal thing. Let's try again. His righteousness endures. Okay. Reposition yourself under the perspective that God is eternal and what you own is material. Okay. To, to go back in the Old Testament, Proverbs 3 says, Honor the Lord with what your wealth and the first fruits of all you produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Galatians says, so then we have an opportunity. Let's do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of the faith or the church. Now, you may look at it and say, there's no way that I could give sacrificially because you have no clue what I have. That's true. I have no clue what you have. I have no clue what you give. As a pastor of this church, I have no idea. Okay? And that's okay because you have to make that decision out of your heart. It can't be a forced thing. This is why God gives us a choice, right, church? If God didn't give us a choice to worship Him, we'd all be just walking robots. But He has to give us the choice to worship Him because that worship is acceptable to Him. He says, when you choose to worship Me freely then it is a good thing because you did it out of your heart. 
You guys who are living in sin, maybe some of you guys are doing some things that are so far off from God. You look at me and say, what do I do, Jordan? What, what am I supposed to do? I can give you the answer, but if the answer goes to your head and it just stays there and you don't put any feet to it, then you're not choosing to worship the Lord. Now watch this. Some of you say, I have no idea what a budget is and I don't know how to you know, organize my time. That's okay because my spiritual gift is organization. Okay, you pray for me, I'll help you organize. Church family. Watch this. <clears throat> we have to get to a thing where we call this a budget. We must be organized and purposed in our hearts, 2 Corinthians 9, to give generously. And Paul gives us two reasons to do that. First of all, he says that the size of the harvest, okay, he's simply just quoting something that's, that the people already knew. He says the size of the harvest corresponds to the scope of the sowing. Paul looks at it and he says, A man may enjoy all of his grain by eating it, or he could lose some of it by sowing it later, reaping a bountiful harvest. How many of you have a garden? How many of you have a garden? Pretty awesome, right? You take seeds, you put it in the ground, and then all of a sudden, what happens? Right, it grows, right, after a while. Now, the crazy thing is, like, you realize that there's some seeds that you could go ahead and you could eat, correct? And you're not going to get a harvest later on down the road. Now, I backtracked a little bit to Joseph, okay? Joseph goes through all this hardship, doesn't he? And he looks at the Pharaoh, and he says, listen to me. This is what's going to happen. There's going to be seven good years and seven bad years. In other words, God is going to bless us with a massed majority of resources. He says, okay. And then what's going to happen? And then you're going to have seven bad years. If you are resourceful, if you budget properly, if you place things in storehouses and put your grain where it's supposed to go, then we'll have enough resources to feed the people for the seven bad years. Now watch this. Pharaoh's a very smart guy because he looks at him and he says, I'm horrible at organization. Joseph says, well, that's okay because that's one of my spiritual gifts. I can help you out. And so he looks at him. Now watch this. As Christians, okay, when we are smart with what we own and we make sure that we are in a harvest season where we have the ability to have storehouses, we understand that God gives us the ability and the knowledge to know that we are to store up because there will be times that come that will be hard. And because God realizes, secondly, he chooses to be generous to us, the people who are here in this place this morning. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are in good years. There are people in the Old Testament, and I believe the apostles and the disciples, even with everything that is going on in the world, they would look at us and say, the church is on the move. The church is picking up pace. People are getting saved by the thousands in America. I'm not sure if you know that or not, but it's huge. There is a, there is a push in the church right now where people are coming to know God and who Jesus is, his son. And God is giving to us generally. Or generously, excuse me. But watch this. He says, with the gift that you have given, I want it to be genuine, non-impulsive, 
and joyful as you push it out to other people. So he says, I'm going to give to you and I'm going to allow you to budget this properly so that you have the resources to impact somebody else's life. So as we prosper, we plan our budgets accordingly and we know exactly what we're doing with our money and our resources. It's very similar to an insurance place. They would look at you and they'd say, itemize all the items in your home so that if there is a fire, we know exactly what you have and how much that is worth and we can go ahead and we can give back to you, right? God says, itemize what you own, okay? So that you have the ability to know what to give, what you can give, and what you're able to give and where it is going. It doesn't matter if you're organized or not. This helps us stay on track. This helps us know what we can give, and it helps us know what we can save. 10, 10, 80. Okay, if you don't know where your resources are going, if you don't know where your money's tied up in, how can you look at God and have faith, and how can you get to know Him more if you're just being very um, loose with what He has already blessed you with? See, we budget not so that we can just give to the church, but we budget so we can give to others as well. See, cheerful giving is easy when we've already set aside what we've planned to give. It's very easy for Bethany and I to write the check to the church because we've already planned it. We've understood that we're in good season and God has blessed. And so therefore, we can push that back out. And watch this. The last thing that we're going to look at today is God has given us the ability to excel in our giving. Okay? He says, I want you to excel. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Read this with me. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Remember, your choice. Okay? You can walk out of here and you don't have to do this. You might not get to know who God is, might not understand what faith is, but it's your choice. Seven, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Okay? We're not asking you to just throw thousands of dollars in the offering today. Although, if the Spirit leads... And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, he supplies seed to the sower. You are the sower. And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing And increase the harvest of your righteousness. Essentially what the Bible says there. Is that everyone in this assembly. Has the ability to impact the people who are around them. You will be enriched in every way. To be generous in every way. Which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Now watch this. The world is very generous. Okay. Let's not get this confused. There are people out there who are very generous people who have no idea who Jesus is. 
But every time we do something or give to somebody or we bless somebody's life, it has to go to Christ. The glory has to go to God. If it doesn't go to God, it's not a sacrificially good gift. It's somebody who says, I want this I want the limelight. I want the glory. I want people to know how good I am. I want people to see how great I am and how much money I give. That's not, that's, that's not the case. First thing. What we sow abundantly, we reap lavishly. Could be in our giving, our material giving, our possessional giving. Could be in our time and our resources. I'm going to go through these kind of quick. God will multiply the seed we have sown in order to increase our righteousness. Okay? He's going to look at us and he's going to say, hey, I'm going to multiply what I've given to you to increase your faith and your trust in me. Okay? We sow abundantly, reap lavishly, multiply the seed to increase righteousness. Third thing, as your income increases, now watch this. If you start giving to God, as you start testing the Lord in these things, Malachi 3, Okay? As you start looking at some of these areas on where you can give, as your income increases, as your wealth increases, show shall the percentage of your giving. We always reevaluate this every single year. Last thing, when we're blessed to give more, it produces a lot more thanksgiving. Okay, so at Community Gospel Church, we never leave you on your own. All right? We want to give you the next steps on how you can make this happen. All right, so we would look at you and we would say, we want to make sure that you have all the resources that you need in order to budget properly and make sure that you know exactly where your money is going and what you should do with those funds. So first and foremost, we want you to start to be disciplined people as the next year approaches. And with that, we have a desire at Community Gospel Church that every single person in our congregation would be on a budget. That you would know exactly where your resources are going and what you're doing with those resources. So on your paper, I want you to write down budgetworksheets.org. The very top of your page. Budgetworksheets.org. This is the most important thing that probably you can get out of what we're talking about today. Because when it comes to money and possessions and wealth, budgetworksheets.org is a place where you can go and log on online and you can go ahead and you can put in exactly your numbers and you can completely customize. You could be on a budget by 2 o'clock this afternoon. If you're not budgeting your money, if you're not budgeting what you have, we believe at Community Gospel Church you're not being good stewards with what God has given to you. You have to know. You have to be able to see it. Okay, We believe that 100%. And we also believe that people have the ability to get to know God a little bit more if they know what's happening to their resources. So you jump on there and you start um, putting in your budget. You start putting in your numbers and there's a specific spot in there where you are to give or there'd be your tithe if you choose to go 10% to the Lord. These are my personal recommendations based off of these past three weeks. With your finances, with what God has blessed you, first and foremost, start out with the budget. Okay. Number two, I would say that the proper foundation is to tithe 10% of your gross income to the church. That is probably the hardest statement I've had to say to you this year. Okay? But the church is a resource 
And it's the hope of the world. We're a lighthouse to five communities. We need to be funded properly in order to continue to maintain. Now, if you're a visitor with us, you're off the hook. Okay? Because this is a member thing to our church family. We would say that our church family is called to give financially to what God has given to us. If you're here and you go to another church, your 10% needs to go to that church. Because we're not the only church. There's other churches in America, and we understand that there's churches who are teaching the Bible, and we understand that they need to be funded as well. Gradually increase the rate of your giving as your income progressively gets bigger. Now watch this. Malachi 3 and 2 Corinthians tells us that we have a choice to test the Lord on these things. You want to get to know God and increase your faith, then I would say as God continues to bless you, you continue to go ahead and you continue to increase that. Bethany and I strive every single year to raise up that 10%, okay? It's no, it's, it's, it's no um, hidden thing. It's, it's, it's not a concealed thing. We look at this and we say we want to increase our giving every single year. Number four, you don't give to be seen by these people. You give out of what is going on in your heart. Okay? And number five, give not to earn salvation. This isn't going to get you into heaven. All right? You can't outgive God. First and foremost, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and start there. And if you've never accepted Jesus before, your first step is to accept Christ, and I would say go at 1%, okay? And don't give to earn that salvation, but understand it's a repositioning. Now, we're going to go one step further at CGC. Like I said, we never want to leave you on your own here. And we believe so strongly in what God has given to us, that we are to be good stewards with what He has, we're actually going to take it one step farther, and at the first of the year, we're going to set up online giving so that you can be diligent with giving to the church. Uh, I noticed that um, one person in our church said to me the other day, they said, we have a bank, and we've actually gone to the bank, and we've said, whatever money comes in to this bank, go ahead and take off this much and they just shoot the church a check it's very resourceful i was like where's the bank i'd like to go meet this person okay now watch this the reason i tell you that is because when we start to set up what god has given to us how we're going to give it's it's something that we're disciplined in that's just one way to do it but we want to make it a little bit easier for you so we'll start online giving first of the year Uh, another thing is i believe it's january 6th stay of the church 13th, um, place on your slip, uh, left-hand side or whatever, January 13th. Because the other thing is, we've realized that as people start giving to the church, they get a little bit more interested in things that are going on at the church. And so January 13th, we'll be doing a state of the church address where we'll talk about where we have been as a church, where we are going as a church, and where we'll be at as Community Gospel Church continues in 2013. Huge Sunday for you to be here. I can't, I can't stress January 13th enough. I'm not done yet, though. I'm giving out gifts. It's Christmas time. Last thing is, uh, Joel Ladick has decided to step up and to actually help us as a congregation. We're going to start a thing called Crown Ministries uh, Financial. I believe I got that right. Um, but Crown Ministries 
is uh, essentially, Joel's going to come up and give kind of his pitch here. But it gives you the ability to understand how to give properly to the church with what God has given to you. It's very, very intense. And we're giving our small groups the opportunity to jump in on this. We're giving our people the opportunity to jump on this. We believe in this very, very, very much. Because we have tested the Lord in these things. And we believe that he is faithful with them. I'm going to show you just a small video on Crown. And then I'm going to have Joel come up. And he's actually going to kind of walk you through what this looks like. And uh, we'll continue to um, just uh, praise the Lord. Let me, let me just give you one closing thought before I pop this video in. First of all, this is a tough series to preach. I know I communicated that to you. But it's, it's very challenging when we talk about giving our time, our money, and our resources. And so at CGC, we understand that there's three areas that you can give if you so choose. One would be the fact that it is a financial contribution. We get, we get that, okay? And we're going to preach that because that's what the Bible says. And we're not going to apologize about what the Bible says. We understand that this church needs to be a lighthouse to our community, and that's going to take being financially resourced. So we don't apologize for that at all. And we are working in time to be that lighthouse to our community. As your pastor, one of my whole goals for this body is that if our doors closed, five communities would suffer. You're like, that's kind of twisted. It's really not. Because the church should be the place that the community looks to because the church knows how to take care of people. And so our whole goal is to help our people understand that their resources are from God. We want our people to know that when you position yourself underneath Jesus, it's not what we have, it's what God has given to us first and foremost. So we give back to Him every single week with what we have. Number two is we realize that we need to give sacrificially with our time. Like giving uh, financially, some of you guys have been awesome with it. And if you're a giver to this church, we just want to say thank you. And some of you are really great with giving sacrificially of your time. And you've stepped up, and we've seen nurseries uh, be uh, just uh, totally staffed. And we've seen ministries that have taken off. And our MOPS program has just a massive amount of resources that are um, pushed through the women of our church to the men's ministry to just all the things that we do. We understand there's are people who give and a massive amount of time. So if you've given time this year, we want to say thank you as well. If you haven't given financially or if you haven't given with your time, we would say push and test the Lord in these things. It's time for you guys who have been in the pews for a while to step up and start to serve. It's time for us to, as a body for people to start seeing that we care for them. And it's not just us coming to church and sitting and saying, I support this church by being here on Sunday morning. You're missing out on the family of God. I know it's hard to be at a small group. I know it's hard to be at certain places. And I know it, it gets kind of tricky sometimes. But let me tell you what, there's no better place than being on a Wednesday night with my small group. There's no better time than being on, uh, with my elders and my deacons and my staff and looking at them and knowing that we're the church and we're all about people, okay? So think about some of these things as we close out this year. And the last thing is, I would say that we need to become a church of prayer 
And that takes time as well. And I know it's hard sometimes to just stop and pause for a minute and pray over these things. But number three would probably be number one. Because if we don't bathe our finances and our time in prayer, we're probably not doing it with a proper heart. So ask the Lord and seek Him in all of these matters. Everything that we've talked about in the past three weeks, I would ask that you bathe whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in prayer. Spend some time with God. Say, Lord Jesus, what do you want me to do? What are you requesting me to do? And he will reveal himself to you, I promise. And he will open himself up to you. And if you take what's in your head and you put it into motion, the communities that surround us will not only come to know the love of Jesus, but they will also be impacted by the gospel in a very real, tangible way. Let me pray for you before this video hits. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for our church. I love Community Gospel Church. I love the people who are inside of it. And I love the people who make it up. I, I just want to thank you and praise you for putting this series on my heart. And it's been so challenging, Father God, to evaluate resources, my time and my money, and realize that it's not mine at all. It's all yours. It's your gift, just like your son to me. And Lord Jesus, there's people here who probably are thinking and pondering, what am I going to do with the information that I have obtained? I pray that you would help them put this into practice. As Malachi told us two weeks ago, and as Corinthians tells us, we have a choice on whether or not we're going to look to you and test you in these things. And as we do those things, Father God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just help as we start some of those baby steps to do some of the things you're requesting for us. I pray that you would increase the faith in our hearts, increase the trust within ourselves, and that as we do the difficult things as a body, as we give our time, as we give our resources, as we give our money, help us, Lord Jesus, know that that ultimately gets us to know you more. Father God, thank you so much that you have blessed us all in abundance. And you continue to provide for our needs. Help us to continue to be diligent with the ways that you have blessed us.